0: Welcome back to the Red Sea Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I'm joined by the glorious Brian Joyner of DP Boston and Over the Monster. Uh, Brian, how are things, buddy? Glorious, my friend. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, podcasting for my second day in a row here, which is, uh, this, is a, this is an old feeling that I haven't had in quite some time, so I don't, I don't quite know what to make of it.
1: You crossed international borders to do this uh, two days in a row.
0: I did, I did. So uh, I, I recommend to all of our listeners to uh, go check that out. I think the name of it was called uh, Brit Socks and Nerds. Now, well, yeah, it's Batflips they have, and Nerds, right?
1: They have Batflips and Nerds, but I think they have a spinoff podcast. And I'm right, but we will correct this if I'm wrong. But I'm right. Uh, they have a Batflips and Nerd pod, Nerds podcast that focuses on uh UK baseball fans of all teams but since Tom Pringle who is one of the guys who does that likes the Red Sox he has a spin off called Brit Sox of which you were the second guest and I will be the third or fourth
0: most likely so does this mean I have more pulling power than you Brian well <laughs> there's a lot of ways to answer that
1: question you know who does have pull power It's Todd Frazier that's how I avoided answering that
0: <laughs> alright let's talk about Todd Frazier then um, but on, on a side note those guys did a wonderful job so you can find their podcast on iTunes and Stitcher too so we'll give them a little bit of plug uh, here as well um, uh, so, hold on,
1: I have to throw in one thing
0: Sure. I, I wrote you this on Twitter
1: Jake you were extremely good on that podcast um, and as I asked you and anyone who's heard this podcast knows what i'm gonna say i don't know why you can't do it on this one
0: anyhow let's try all right i'm gonna give it my the old college try here um so we have a, a, a july 31st trade deadline uh which is rapidly approaching um and my question to you brian is why the hell have the red Sox not traded for todd frazier yet um this deal seems like the most obvious deal that there is um Since I can remember, I can't remember a trade deadline where there's very clearly been an inexpensive option like Todd Frazier that plugs a hole uh, to this degree. So what the hell, man? Why hasn't this happened yet? Dave is not shy about doing deals long before the deadline. He did the same thing with Pomerantz. Um, Why hasn't this happened?
1: Well, as it happens, I wrote about this uh, potential deal on Over the Monster today. Uh, and I was supposed to write it nebulously at some point this week, but the editor, Matt Collins reached out to me and said, you you have to write this soon (laughs) because this could happen at any minute. Uh, in the article, I sort of suss out via a Rob Bradford article, uh, who he was concerned that the Red Sox might be bidding against themselves. Uh, though it seemed to me that he presented evidence to the contrary, when he said correctly that perhaps there aren't many suitors, so the Red Sox are waiting out the Tigers in order to pay less. Now, that is one theory, and that is the most likely theory in a vacuum if you don't look at Dombrowski's history. Why now, would they be put... waiting
0: out the Tigers?
1: To ensure not overpaying, which seems unlikely to
0: me. I'm. Do you mean the White Sox? the White Sox. Sorry. Okay. Uh, oh. Sorry. I just got confused there because you had said. No, because I said
1: the wrong team name because of the next guy I'm going to talk about,
0: which is Miguel Cabrera.
1: Now, the only thing I'm going to say about Miguel Cabrera before you start saying it's a bad idea is that if we're going to account for why Dombrowski has not made a deal with the White Sox early by taking into account Dombrowski's history, the one thing Dombrowski has done better than maybe anyone is trade for superstar players so with cabrera's contract which is long and expensive it's not inconceivable if we account for dombrowski's history that a rod was right and that uh potentially cabrera ends up on the red sox i don't think that's the most likely scenario for why it's taking so long but i do agree that something is up because this trade makes itself. What do you think?
0: Well, um, that Miguel Cabrera thing, let me address that first. Um, he signed an eight year, $248 million deal, which started last year, uh, meaning that he is owed a little over 200 million for the remainder of this deal. Uh, I would hate this so much if he brought in Miguel Cabrera this year and, uh, there's a few reasons why I would hate it. And most obvious is because this is a guy who is having a terrible season, um, not only by his standards, but kind of by first baseman standards this year. He's only been worth uh, .9 war via Fangraphs. That's what I have up right now, so that's why I'm using it. Um, but, uh, you know, he hasn't been himself. He hasn't hit for a ton of power this year. Um, doesn't seem like a good idea particularly. And then what, would, what the hell was that whole bit about – not signing guys this offseason in order to reset the cap. If he's going to do something like this, which is going to screw up the cap. So the only way that I could see this being conceivable is if they traded for Miguel Cabrera and got the tigers to take on his money for this year so that the red Sox remained under the luxury tax threshold this year in order to reset for the next three seasons. Um, that's the only way I could see that even working. Um, but presumably, to make a deal like this, you have to send over uh, your top prospect, I would assume, in, in Rafael Devers to get this done, or maybe not because it's so much money. Either way, I think it just seems like a terrible idea, uh, and I really hope that th- there's no truth to that. And I, I, I think there isn't. I, I think that it seems kind of crazy. I'm all for conspiracy theories, but this seems extreme, Brian.
1: I think you are nuts on many levels. So let's start with the first one. Okay. Saying that it's crazy to get Miguel Cabrera is itself crazy. I don't know if you want to go through those fan graph stats and look at hard hit ball percentage and who the number one person in the league is, but I don't think you need to guess. Um, for what it's worth, the number two player on that list, also on the Tigers, J.D. Martinez, is also popping up in trade rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is if you look at Miguel Cabrera's numbers this year, that they're pretty much in line with his career average, his Bay Bip is two ninety-nine, which is extremely low for him. Despite his extreme, extreme slowness, he's, I believe easily the second slowest player in the league only, uh, only slower and much faster than Victor Martinez, uh, his, his other teammate, uh, if you look, if you bumped his Bip, this is the lowest it's ever been. Now, yes, maybe some of this is a result of age. Fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if you bump it 15 points, his numbers look great, and his on-base percentage is already great. His slugging is a little down, but his isolated power, while down, is
0: not. It hasn't cratered by any means. 176 is cratering for him, though, isn't it?
1: Well, he hit. He had 196 two years ago when he put up 33.6 offensive uh, WAR or offensive runs. I mean, the guy still hits a ton. Okay, now would it be the best idea for the Red Sox in a vacuum? No, but on a might on a macro level, this team just paid Pablo Sandoval 50 million dollars to go away. Miguel Cabrera is going to hit for the rest of his life. I I don't. He may not. You know, he may turn a little bit in, but I think he's going to age better than Pujols has. I think he already has aged better than Pujols has.
0: Why do you feel that way? So because Pujols of, was a better hitter
1: Ma- in his prime. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that after that, post that, I think Miguel Cabrera uh, has longer staying power and uh, we can get into the numbers on that but let me finish my thought here if we just gave Pablo Sandoval $50 million to go away and Dave Dombrowski trades for star players and we can afford we've clearly shown we can afford to uh, pay a player like this even when they're not effective I would agree with you in most cases but We know Dombo wants to win soon. There's no way Cabrera, if you throw out the money, there's no way Cabrera is going to hurt more than he helps in the next X number of years. And any GM is only going for the number of years that they sort of know they're going to be around. Now, that doesn't make it a good idea, but I think it's a good idea because it's Miguel Cabrera.
0: You make a compelling case, for sure, Um, and there's no secret about their window being the next three seasons or so while they have Sale and Bogey and Betts and all these guys locked up, Um, and presumably they'll re-sign a bunch of these guys, but what about that luxury tax thing that we were talking about before? I mean, I I get the idea of this guy still has a chance to—not a chance, he will come in, even in his reduced state that he's shown this year, and drastically improve the offense, but— what what was that whole bit about getting under the, the luxury tax threshold for if they were just going to make a move like this?
1: Well, I don't the, – here's the thing. I do not care what they said about the luxury tax threshold. Now, I will say that as you said to Tom on the wonderful podcast that you did, you got, you've got you gotten really into the minutiae, and you believed them when they talked about the luxury tax. Now, that may be true. I also think that the Red Sox on – on some level are opportun like they are oppor- they plan but they're also opportunists mm-hmm. i also think that this is a special case because Dombrowski has traded for Cabrera before he traded for him the first time right, right. not yep. yeah I so I think- andrew miller for him actually right so my my basic idea is this the red Sox pitching has been really good this year despite a lot of crazy stuff happening The offense is a problem. They could win the World Series this year, but their offense needs a pick-me-up because they lost David Ortiz. Replacing him with Miguel Cabrera is pretty much as good as you're going to get to try to just run it back as much as you can. And finishing in first place and having home field advantage in the playoffs, or they didn't, I guess, Uh, but still, that's a big deal. And I am all for it because I believe that the financial penalties they can absorb it if they want to now if you want to hold them to task for saying one thing and doing another i understand that i just happen to not care i would rather them just get miguel cabrera because he's miguel cabrera
0: so you support this move fully if they go out and and get him
1: i I mean i supported the sandoval move too and it was stupid but i do think that there's well there's something of a nicks slash uh Getting a guy past his prime element to it, it seems to me just to be very dumb, Browski, I just think that, like even even Holes would help the Red Sox at this point if he could play third. But uh, th- they just need somebody who can hit, which is why Todd Frazier is a better idea, uh, economics wise. Right. I don't. I'm not arguing that at all. But what I'm arguing is that. There's a threshold of talent you need to win a World Series. They probably have enough, but they had to they have to do like a Rays-style attack right now. With Miguel Cabrera, you don't need to have quite – to walk quite a fine
0: line on offense. So here's my question then. If they go out and get Miguel Cabrera, um, because of the amount of money that the Red Sox would be taking on, do you think that they are able to get this type of a deal done without giving up a Rafael Devers? Do you think this acts as just like that cap clearing saving grace that the Red Sox had the Dodgers take off their hands with the Martin Prado deal? So the, um, not Martin Prado. Who the hell was it? Punto Nick Punto. Yes. Well,
1: he's Nick Punto is the great, the great trade equalizer. Uh, the, the difficulty here, I think it's a lot harder, uh, just to stomach it in some ways because Devers plays third base. So, uh, you would be in that sense. It makes no. It makes no sense to get Cabrera. Right. But, but if you look at it from a Cabrera centric uh, standpoint, it sort of makes sense. I think they would have to give him up. I might be hesitant to do that. I, you know, I might not. I think that would be fair to say to the Tigers. Well, they'll say we need Devers and Dombrowski You could say we're not going to trade you, Bever- Devers, and that could be the end of it. I do think that that does not comport with what we know about Dombrowski. It seems to me like he would. I'm not saying that it would, that would make it a good deal. I think just as the Red Sox have to walk a fine line without a big bat in the lineup. uh, And that's even if they do add Todd Frazier, they have to, they'd have to walk an extremely fine line in trading for Cabrera. I think there potentially exists a deal where it works. And then just on the macro level, it makes perfect sense if you just take the team names out of it for the player with the onerous contract to go to the big team that can afford it, that just needs a hitter. Right. So that is another uh, facet of it. I'd be totally fine if they don't, but it's, it's, I just like thinking about it because it's, I think it's more interesting and more possible than, we've generally thought about
0: if and let me be clear here i don't think this is going to happen but i am definitely interested in going down this rabbit hole which is why we've been talking about this for as long as we have um but if they did go out and make a deal for miguel cabrera and if they did have to include Rafael devers in such a deal i think they would have to Get Nick Castellanos back from the Tigers as part of that deal to fill that gap at third base. He's got two arbitration years left after this one. He's another guy who's a hard hit darling. We talked about him last week on the show. Um, Getting a package of Cabrera and Castellanos um, for prospects, uh, especially prospects of Devers' quality, does seem to make the most sense there. Do you think that's a possibility? And then if the Castellanos thing doesn't work out, if you do make a trade for Miguel Cabrera, you still go out and get Todd Frazier, right, to plug that hole at third base, because then you no longer even have the option of calling up a guy like Devers.
1: Well, maybe you've... (laughs) Again, I agree with you that I don't think it's likely that this is the main thing, but if it was, you may have hit on the point of why nothing is done yet, because... The Castellanos thing makes perfect sense. I mean, that's it couldn't. Then the Devers thing, you can stomach it because you put him over there. I mean, that makes it just makes a ton of sense. And while we sit back and we have it, over the monster, we have a trade target series. Everybody does. Everybody writes about this stuff on Twitter all the time. Most of the time, these things do not happen. What we have, what I saw with Chris Sale, and it's one. It's a sample size of one. Was that there was an obvious? That was a lot more obvious than the Miguel Cabrera thing because Sale's contract is amazing. So um, that make you know, and that's a no brainer now and forever because he's also in the middle of his prime.
0: Right. Um, Let me tell you. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'll go. Um, The thing that I would like a lot more than this, and I don't know whether or not the possibility is out there if you start talking about trading Rafael Devers, but I would much rather have Joey Votto in his contract for Rafael Devers than I would a Miguel Cabrera. Do you think that that's a possibility?
1: I mean, I would much rather have Joey Votto too. I didn't even think that that's – I don't know. I mean, I guess I know why the Reds would trade Joey Votto, but Joey Votto – um, I don't know. I just don't see him leaving Cincinnati. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like a thing that's possible. I mean, yeah, that'd be much better. I give up. I would literally give up anyone in the prospect system to get Joey Hato. Anybody.
0: He's so good, and I think that's the type of skill set that even more than Miguel Cabrera ages gracefully. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera has aged pretty gracefully. I don't know how you're not worried about this year. We should talk about that a little bit. What about this year? i I get the hard hit thing, but like his strikeout rate is the highest that it's been ever since he was a twenty two year twenty year old rookie with the Marlins. Okay, I mean, well, that's you passed over some that are pretty close, but okay, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, um, but 19.5%, I mean,
1: that's why. significantly different yeah, than I, his prime. I can, I can stop you right in your tracks. Look at every single other season he's ever had in his career.
0: Every single one. All right. When he's... has he ever been bad? I get that, but I'm also looking at the number right next to his birth date right here that says he's 34 years old in three months. Like, yeah, isn't this great. about the time that that starts to creep up?
1: Yeah, but um, this is where it gets into the three-year window thing. That's it. Uh, I don't think – again, I'd rather have Joey Votto. I think that Miguel Cabrera is an, is available in a way and only available to certain teams in theory, the, of which the Red Sox are clearly one because they have money everywhere.
0: Certain uh, insane GMs.
1: Right. <laughs> who used who used to be the GM of the other team and almost certainly uh, would be happy. I let me ask you a question: Do you think Dombo would be happy to trade for Miguel Cabrera? Just a yes or no question. Yes, I do. Okay, that's I I think that too, and I think that the Tigers are probably pretty aware of that. So I think the Tigers would not be doing due diligence if they didn't reach out to the Red Sox. I, again, I hear you on the hitting complaints,
0: but I, it's, he's still Miguel Cabrera. I get that. And it wouldn't shock me. Let me, let me say this. I'm not, I'm, I'm taking the other side of the coin because I don't like the idea of this giant contract being on the books for the Red Sox because it just seems like something that, uh, whether or not it's a real consideration for, uh, the Red Sox higher-ups and the decision-makers there, I feel like it's something that they could use in the future to say as a reason why the team wasn't able to, you know, re-sign Jackie Bradley Jr. or re-sign Xander Bogarts, you know, another Scott Boris client right there. Um, I want to lock that that young core up. And, and I get concerned that when you talk about a guy like Miguel Cabrera that has this big of a contract that – this would be the type of thing that they would say hey we weren't able to do it because of all the money on the books already you know
1: I, I agree and and pretty much everything we've seen with the big ticket free agents which this would be even worse than signing a big ticket free agent uh, because we'd have to give up stuff to get him shows that it's a bad idea in 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 almost every case I uh, I I just look at the Sandoval thing and I don't say, well, they lost $50 million there. So they, they have to be careful now. Now that's a perfectly reasonable and probably, you know, in a self-contained system, that is a perfectly reasonable argument. Um, I just, and I agree with you that not signing those guys could be malpractice. I think there's a way to do everything and it just involves them, the owners spending more. I, uh, you know, I love Jackie Bradley, but Miguel Cabrera is Miguel Cabrera and he's still Miguel Cabrera. And yeah, I look, if they said, if you said, told me tomorrow, the Red Sox traded for Miguel Cabrera, I would say, awesome. I'm sorry. I know that there I down the line, I might eat my words the way I have eaten them with Pablo Sandoval. But I don't think that Pablo Sandoval and Miguel Cabrera are analogous in any way except for maybe waist size.
0: Well, let me ask you this. It's clear that the Red Sox are going to do everything. They're going to move heaven and earth to lock up Mookie Betts because he's the priority. He's the franchise going forward. But would you rather have the next eight years of – or the next seven years of Jackie Bradley Jr., or would you rather have the next seven years of Miguel Cabrera?
1: Well – I'm not I don't care about the next 7 years. I right. think that... you're
0: going to get two two more at least of Jackie Bradley Jr. for free. But would you rather have those last five of him?
1: Well, I think I think there's a distinct possibility also that that um I mean, I know we love Jackie Bradley Jr. and it's hard to imagine him getting traded, but if you traded for Cabrera or someone like Vado, I mean, a top player, you might not have to make that decision anymore. If you get what I'm saying, hmm. because because they could trade him. But right. these are all like this. I am just I'm looking at it from a pure uh, standpoint of we need offense. And no matter what we do, no matter what happens, Miguel Caprera is going to hit. That is just what he's doing now is still. I mean, yeah, it's like Mitch Moreland level when Mitch Moreland is good. But if Cabrera can just stay healthy, he starts feasting, man. It's the summertime. He's going to just start feasting on tired pitchers. Just watch, just watch. He has looked, he has looked bad before early in season and then finished with like 3.20 averages. I swear to God, I'm this the dude will hit. Well, whether I... we trade for him or not. And that be, and if he does and we don't trade for him, it makes perfect. There's, there's almost every reason not to trade for him. Yes. I just look at the one to trade for him and say, if they can make it work, please do it. Because I don't care about the money. And if they do, fine. But we need hitting right now. And we have Chris Sale in his prime. David Price sort of in his prime. We have Rick, who knows what Rick Porcello is. But as you said, we have cheap, Xander, Mookie, Jackie Bradley Jr., Pedroya's still cheap, I think. Um, so we have these guys right now. I we just need believe often, that
0: there are – Todd much, Frazier's a Todd Frazier's
1: a better deal for everyone.
0: Yes. I, there are other cheaper options out there that do a similar thing that are not as franchise damaging as this could potentially be. So, Let me ask you a question. Hold on. Yeah.
1: If we give up Devers,
0: mm-hmm. just
1: don't say it's not going to happen – because you might say that who would you rather get back would you rather have a bigger deal to get cabrera or a smaller one to get Mustakas?
0: i would rather have if i'm giving up devers either way i'd rather have cabrera than Mustakas.
1: okay so i i think that that's important just to sort of delineate the tiers um like because fraser and Mustakas are probably not identical, you know Mustaka's been quite better than Frazier uh, recently. But Frazier's good enough.
0: But let me say, there's no way in hell that happens. You never give up Devers for a half a year of Mustakis.
1: I agree with that. But that's why the whole – so, yeah, I, I'm fine with it if they don't get Cabrera. But if they do, they can really win the World Series this year. And then if they do, you know, the Giants signed Zito won two world series with him and he didn't do anything, but Carrera would be better than that. (laughs) So it it won't be a death sentence, um, especially if David Price pitches well. So anyhow, it's very interesting. We've spent almost
0: half the time talking about this and it's not going to happen. That's the best part. Well, that was a fun exercise. Nonetheless, um, let me ask you this, because there has been a bunch of debate. Um, you know, I watched the baseball show with uh, Jared Carabas and uh, Evan Drellick, and uh, they were debating this, and they're on both sides of the coin uh, as to what the team needs more—a bullpen arm or a third baseman. I wanted to ask you, and I think I know from this discussion that we just had that you're clearly on side of team offense. But is it? A big gap for you that they certainly need a third baseman far more than they need another bullpen arm. I mean, I don't think
1: that that's with respect to those guys who I like, and to, Jared knows I like him now. Um, I don't think that's an important question to ask because that's sort of that's isolating two things and saying which one of these two is important. It's like well, they're both important, and it doesn't matter. Which one is more important than the other, if especially if you're interested in getting the best return for your value, um, you're going to sort of look around at value propositions before you lock yourself into which position you're going after, because I think they're just going after both. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, – I think they're about equal because I – they're still in first place. <laughs> they're still good. You know, um, and getting rid of Sandoval, I think, only helps the situation in in totality. Um, but I mean, I if I have to answer, I'll say third base because they got you know. I mean, I no, I I don't think I don't want to
0: answer. It's too though. I did. It's you already did. You already did. Oh, no. Uh, no, but no. the 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 thing that I don't get here isn't that. One has performed to this point. One has been a top five unit in baseball to this point, regardless of how we feel about the bullpen, um, regardless of looking at it today after the moves that were made, and we'll talk about those moves after, and thinking, man, this unit doesn't look impressive. But looks are separate from results here, and the results of the bullpen have been impressive, where the results that we've had at third base are the second worst production in the highest amount of errors uh, in the entire league. So one is a clear gaping hole in the team. The other is arguably one of the biggest strengths of the first half of the team. So how can we look at both of those things and say, eh, they're about equal? How is that logical? Easy,
1: because third base has nowhere to go but up, and the bullpen has nowhere to go but down. And the bullpen has been a much bigger help in getting to the point that you're that we got to, then third base has dragged us down.
0: That's Doesn't confusing that... to me because that's like saying that you've got a, a ship here with one giant hole in its hull that's taking on water, and another small hole in the side of the deck that's taking on a tiny bit of water, and you're like, hey, they're both taking on water.
1: No, that no, they're not. It's not taking on water. It's like the the hole the 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 bullpen hole is covered. And it's saying we need to buy more stuff to keep that covered because the small hole for third base is not sinking the boat. It's not, they're still in first place. They're good. If the bullpen wasn't good, they'd be terrible. And Thornburg isn't coming back. Who knows what's happening with Carson Smith? We've talked about this a lot. Craig Kimball cannot pitch all the time. So that's the reason I think that there's an argument for both because that I mean we got Tsunami, man.
0: We got Tsunami at third base. I've heard him called Sulander, uh Tsunami. I've heard him called all sorts of things lately. But I I think that
1: competent
0: fielding at third base to me is fine.
1: I would like some hitting given how the hitting has been, obviously. But I would also like more relief pitchers and this is why I'm saying I get I I see what you're saying which I think is why I said third base but I think that there's every reason to think that they need both or should should want both
0: All right well let's let's say this then let's say that they do get a deal done for Todd Frazier and a package of David Robertson and they do give up not Devers but they give up Jason Grom in a deal to do that do you think that that's totally fine considering that this organization hasn't been able to develop pitching for the last 10 seasons is that okay to give up on a guy like that for an immediate need rom for who for uh for uh frazier and david robertson
1: oh geez i mean i wouldn't like it but that sounds way too in the dombrowski wheelhouse that that's one that makes me a little bit uh queasy because i mean you know that the
0: uh white Sox would do that see I would do that too Too though I would not hesitate um, I know that Jason Grom has that ace potential but here's a guy that we're talking about that's at least three years away and like you have said on this podcast a number of times uh, when you're in one of these windows where you can conceivably win the World Series you don't worry about pitching prospects regardless of how good they are that are three years out and I think that you know? I think
1: I think you just got a little bit specific there. I don't know if I've said exactly that. That would be incredible if I had.
0: Well, you've said something very similar on this <laughs> yeah. show. Um, and... I believe
1: what I, here's what I said. I said believe. I asked you as a thought experiment:
0: Would it be worth
1: any team's while to take on Pablo Sandoval if they also got Jake Rom? Basically, we get nothing back. You just take these two guys, and. Yeah. You said you didn't want to do that, and I said I would be happy to because I don't know if Jay Graham is going to be worth $50 million. Um, but that's $50 million, and Todd Frazier is not worth that. Uh, but David Robertson's pretty good, and the way relievers are valued right now, again, its I don't think it's crazy. I, I would not be thrilled with it just selfishly. I want to see them develop another pitcher, but I see where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, they've been able to withstand not developing a pitcher for the last ten seasons, and they've you know won a couple World Series in that span of time. So, I, I think it's uh, it's it's possible to get away with not doing that. And uh, if this helps you win this year, I'm okay with it. The only guy I really don't want to see go is is Devers. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what what happens with this. But let's move on from the trade stuff a little bit here to the rotation um david price has been incredible over his last five or so starts uh he shut out the yankees uh he's got an era under two for those five starts um but the most interesting thing that has been written about him recently is that he has changed his approach um in his start versus the yankees he only throw through four breaking balls uh, he relied mostly on his fastball sinker and cutter. Um, and on this season so far, since he's come back from the elbow injury, we've seen his velocity be up, and as a result, he's throwing 79.1 percent of his pitches uh, classified as hard pitches. So, those three pitches fastball, uh, cutter, um, or uh, or sinker. So, uh, what do you make of his change there going back to what? he was kind of doing in his earlier years when he was throwing 95 regularly. He's clearly getting results from it. Do you think that this is something that's sustainable for him for the rest of the year? And is this the new David Price?
1: Well, I hope it is. I mean, certainly uh, we've seen with players, I'm thinking specifically of David Ortiz, who's not a pitcher, but he went through a tough time. He didn't have a home run one year for like two months, couldn't hit the ball at all. And it looked like he was done. And then he turned back into one of the best hitters in the league again as he sort of re- found his way again. Um, it's harder. I imagine it's harder for pitchers, but I have every reason to think that David Price, with the talent he has and as intelligent as he is, would be able to find a new approach that worked and maybe this dovetails with being – him finding a way to stop being angry about doing the same thing over and over and getting the same bad results. This certainly it's a change of approach. Now the league is going to shift its tactics against him, but I think there's a real chance that it gives a, gives him, uh, I mean, he was, he was still good last year, better than the numbers looked, but I think he could be better than that. I think that, let me just say generally, I think the players who have performed, for a long period of time over a high level are able to get that back. It, um, you know, maybe just in fits and starts, but maybe for years, which again, getting quickly back to Cabrera is another reason I sort of ambivalent about the down year he's having this year, because maybe he has down years, but maybe he has up years and in an up year. He's crazy. Anyhow, I think there's a, I think it's possible. I hope I, if it's, if he is back, quote that uh those world series chances look a lot better
0: yeah i mean and it was no small feat what he did against the yankees either that's a team that hadn't been shut out the entire year and he uh kept them at off balance pretty much all night and uh overpowered the lineup um so i thought it was pretty cool what he was able to do i still worry a little bit about that elbow but man it sure looks like a player who is pitching like he's not worried about his elbow because you wouldn't have that sort of rate usage of hard pitches if he was feeling anything negative from a physical standpoint. And I think we have to look back to early in Price's career, the only other time that he did end up on the DL for any significant period of time, I believe it was with a forearm strain, which seemed like it could have been, um, you know, something more significant. And he took the time to correctly rehab that particular injury and came back and had like five, five or so incredible seasons. Um, so I think it's conceivable that this is the new David Price and that this is what we can expect going forward for the rest of the year and through next year, which is great for the team because it obviously, like you said, helps drastically the World Series chances for this year, next year, and then it certainly ensures that he is going to opt out if he pitches anything like this which is also great for the team
1: well the uh, another player who I thought of who this story reminds me of though this story was in some ways more drastic is Lackey I mean it looked like Lackey was done I mean just he's done now but it looked like he was done in 2012 and then it's amazing what getting healthy can do for you sometimes when you're when you're an otherwise talented baseball player uh, and then combined with a change of approach i agree i don't think there's any reason he can't uh that's the great that's the nice thing about having david price is that when he does put it together he's david price
0: yeah it is nice it's good to see uh hopefully it will get um people more on his side and david price will be more on the side of not abusing media members uh after this too so maybe maybe there'll be good feelings everywhere which will be nice um Let's talk about the rotation as a whole a little bit because it has been uh, incredibly, in my opinion, a strength of the team. And I know that that's the way that Dave Dombrowski drew it out when he signed $217 million David Price and traded for Chris Sale and traded for Drew Pomerantz. But uh, I think it's fair to say that there was a significant amount of skepticism in regards to how the rotation was going to perform. And even for the first two months of the season, uh, it frankly didn't look anywhere close to a strength of the team when you looked outside of eduardo rodriguez and chris sale but now all of a sudden you're in a situation where you could conceivably say that either rick porcello or or eduardo rodriguez is the weak link on this team and even porcello has pitched like his old self over the past three or four starts that he's had so um you know is this far and away the best rotation in baseball can i ask you that and then is this sustainable like is this what we're going to see from this rotation going forward
1: well i'd have to look at it it seems unlikely that it's far and away the best uh rotation in baseball i'm not <laughs> saying it's not
0: um there's no mets this year though i know that's not a really good one though yes they do yes they do
1: um and it certainly did i think price is the barometer i just want to point out that that uh, there's another starter at the beginning of the year I said might have a chance to be good. Uh, his name is Drew Pomerantz. Did, did we talk about – have we talked about him on the show? Have we talked – because I, I can't remember. I don't
0: know if we've talked about Drew Pomerantz, but I've talked about Drew Pomerantz with lots of people on this show, and it has all been negative before like the last month. That uh, is not Drew true.
1: That... I was contrarianing you with Drew Pomerantz two months ago, and you know it. Anyhow. I don't remember. Maybe... I have
0: selective memory with this stuff.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fine. I would, too, if I talked to me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the the rotation being as strong as it has is obviously – I mean, the Red Sox really are doing an incredible Rays impression. Uh, so it's interesting. Do you mean
0: um, having no fans?
1: <laughs> filling up uh, – yeah, yeah half, filling the Tampa Stadium with half of your fans is how they're like that. Rays, no, I mean – they're they have great pitching, and they have great pitching, and uh, they are light hitters. Uh, they, I guess the way they're not is they don't hit a ton of home runs. though Todd Frazier is a very Rays type player.
0: So maybe they're like the 2008 Rays. Yes. Okay. I hear that. I, I can I can get behind that. But it sounds like you do believe that all of these rotation stalwarts that the Red Sox have so far can keep doing this? Like, you're not worried about Pomerantz all of a sudden turning into a pumpkin? Like, this is enough of a sample size that you've seen of good Pomerantz that you feel good about him going forward?
1: I don't know if I feel good about him, but I uh, I feel fine with him. Um, someone mm-hmm. needs to pitch. And uh, he's proven if he's healthy, he's fine, you know?
0: He's, oh, he's he can... more than fine. He's downright uh, nasty when he's healthy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, that health is the skill and it hasn't been one of his uh greatest but i i'm conf- you know i'm confident he will be good but i'm not confident he'll be great but he doesn't need to be great
0: well what about rick porcello he he suffered some pretty bad babip luck for the first half of the year um he was due for a little bit of positive regression regardless um but he seems to be pitching better uh grooving less balls down the middle recently what do, you, what do you think about him? Because he's carried a, a strong strikeout to walk ratio, and he's pitched deep into games the entire year. So if he starts giving up fewer gopher balls, I mean, all of a sudden, this is going to be a pretty valuable guy. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think there's a reason to think it
1: might happen. I think there's reason to think it might not, because he's, except for last year, and even last year to some degree, given up a lot of home runs. So, um and more recently, I think I, I'd have to check his stats as I when he was a pure ground baller, I would imagine he gave up fewer home runs then. But uh, I uh, he needs to eat innings and he will. I think he'll be more reliable innings eater than Pomerantz. I think Pomerantz might be a little bit better when he pitches, but might miss some time. But as the third and fourth or fourth and fifth options is great, especially when one of them won the Cy Young.
0: Yeah, I think that's right about Rick Porcello. Uh, he can certainly come in and, and eat those innings. And if he can give us more than that, he's going to be an incredible, valuable piece uh, down the stretch. So, um, With that, let's move into our one uh, listener question that we have uh, for today. Our listener question comes from Larry, and he asks, with Sandoval DFA, would can you take a look at the money that the Sox – uh, at the money, the Sox, a few players coming off the books. Craig, Young, ETC, uh, several are arbitration eligible. Um, who might be available to sign as a free agent this offseason for the Sox? What type of money might they have? Uh, this is a tricky question, right? Because this kind of gets back to uh, where we were with the, uh, the, the payroll stuff and about getting under that cap. Brian. Uh, I I told you pre-show that I was going to give you this question, so here you go.
1: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know, and as you know, I got to roll. So uh, I'm sure you have ideas. Uh, What are your ideas?
0: Um, I would say that um, they are going to try and uh, reset to get under the cap. That was a big thing that they were trying to do is stay under so they could reset for the next three years because that's how the cap works these days. Uh, They don't have anybody significant coming off of the books, any big money guys. They've got Moreland and a a few other of the players that you just mentioned there. Um, I'm not sure who's out there. The big free agent class is going to be after next year, not this year. So there's certainly some guys, but we will take a deeper look at this, Larry, uh, and see if there's any guys that we think the Red Sox might target. But I think that this core is pretty well locked in right now as to what it's going to be. It's hard to imagine them adding too much to the offense or the starting rotation next season uh, because they have so many guys locked up. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us uh, for this show. You can find Brian Joyner on Twitter at, at Brian Joyner. You can find me at, at Dev Jake. Uh, you can rate and review this podcast. Uh, you can do so on iTunes and Stitcher. You can subscribe to us there. Uh, we've gotten some good five-star reviews from you guys recently, so we really appreciate that. Please keep the reviews coming. Uh, and thank you so much, and we'll be with you next week at the same time.